I, th- I think the guys in the back were like, yeah, I don't know where the off button is. I... <laughs> we need some fog lights this morning. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll have that working for a sec- second service. You can come and see it maybe and you can see me. Just listen to my voice. Follow my voice. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, good to have you with us today at TLC. God's doing great stuff. Really excited about what he's doing. I mean, just, I, I, you know, I'm excited to see what the Lord is doing in our church and opportunities that are, that God is presenting with us. We're just listening. Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to do it? And, and, uh, you know, have you ever done this? I've been guilty of this. You ever try to get ahead of the Lord? Doesn't work too well, does it? <laughs> I mean, so I'm trying to just, okay, you know, timing, stay right with you and do, uh, whatever he's wanting us to do. But today I want to talk, we finished up the You Ask For It series last week, and today we're going to talk about how to live free from fear. I'm going to give you four steps that you can take to live free from fear. How many were here last Wednesday and heard Pastor Rob? Uh, wasn't that a great service from Gracetown? That was awesome. I told him hi again this morning. I, I texted him and said, you know, when we were sitting here Wednesday, he goes, can I do social media? I said, okay. I mean, to me, that's almost like, a, you know, can I eat today? I don't know. Sure, go ahead. So he gets his phone out. And... So I don't know. He was, I think he was tweeting and doing all of this other stuff. And, you know, so that is really cool. He was very impressed with not, and we weren't trying to impress anybody. I mean, we, you know, we all obviously want to do everything excellent, but he loved our church. He said, I love the vibe of your church. And so I said, well, we'll have you back. And, and he said, I'm going to have you and all that stuff. But isn't it great to have friends in the kingdom? And so he's, he would just sends his love and says, you know, thanks for, for coming. He's also friends with uh, Pastor Gary as well. And, and so good, good things are, are happening, and we're excited about what God is, is doing here at TLC. I want to talk to you about fear. Fear is that big thing the enemy always uses. That's probably his number one thing. You know, if, he's, if he can do anything in his arsenal is to get you afraid. You know, whatever the circumstances are, whatever you're facing, whatever the mountain is in front of you, and there's all kinds of scripture we can talk about. There's all kinds of things we can do. You know, in Mark, we quote Mark eleven twenty two through 24. It's, it's great, but if you understand this, the mountain that you're facing, God isn't saying for him to speak to it. He's telling you to speak to it. Sometimes speaking when you're afraid is kind of tough. Come on. How many have ever had a dream and in the dream it's creepy, it's scary, and something's chasing you and you want to say Jesus, but you can't get it out. You're going, because you're so afraid. And sometimes you're able to finally get that out and it changes the, the whole complexity of the dream. It is in that state, whether you're dreaming or in the real world, I'm telling you, the enemy wants to come at you in fear. So fear is something that he tries to do to all of us. And so I want to make some adjustments. So if, if, if I'm afraid, I'm going to tell you some things today. And some of the things I'm going to tell you, they're going to hit you and you're going to go, oh, oh, that's good. Some of you are going to go, oh, that's really good. So we want you to be really good with what we tell you today. And, and obviously, like anything, anything I say, line it up with the word of God. It's got to line up with the word of God. Now, listen to this story. In World War II, Nazi Germany launched a series of air raids against the city of London. During those bombings, the residents of London would evacuate their homes and businesses, take cover in designated underground shelters. On one particular night of bombings, a woman turned up missing from her neighborhood shelter. Now, if you're trying to picture this in your mind, if you've ever seen Narnia, you, you remember when they were running to the shelter? That, that's, this is kind of, not from that story, but th- that'll give you at least a little mindset of what was going on. 
<laughs> a few days later, some of the neighborhood saw her, or the neighbors in the neighborhood saw her and asked if everything was all right. And she said, everything's fine. And they said, well, why were you not in the shelter the other night? And she said, it's smelly down there, and I don't like it. Now, this is, this is all from a true story. They said, aren't you afraid the bombs will get you, her friends asked. And this is her answer. Oh, no, she said confidently. I read the scripture where it says, my God neither slumbers nor sleeps. So I decided there was no use in both of us being awake. I just just prayed, Lord, I praise you, I thank you, and I place myself in your love, and I'm not going to the shelter anymore. Now, she's got some revelation that maybe some of us need to grab. It's that revelation of love that allowed her to overcome fear and roll that care onto God. Isn't that just the key? If we could just give God the stuff that we're afraid of, we're, we're afraid of what's going to happen, what could happen, if the other shoe drops, what doesn't happen, what if it doesn't happen? Or what if it does? Could we figure out how to roll that like this woman onto God? As it turned out in the story a few days later, enemy aircraft came through, bombed the neighborhood where she lived and leveled every house except hers. Every house around her was just destroyed. Hers was the only house left sitting in the block. And she stayed in the comfort of her home, in the comfort of God's love. So it brings us to our first point this morning. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, oh. No space, no place. No space, no place. Leave no room for fear. As God's kids, it's amazing uh, that we haven't taken greater advantage of this. Or we haven't taken the Lord for his word. If you remember Pastor Rob saying Wednesday, why don't we just start taking God for what he says, for his word? And that authority and security that lies in the love of the believer, in the love of God, knowing that God loves the believer and the children, as that woman in London did. Instead, in our man-made way and of course we are men and women but we we look at other things we look at religious doctrine we look at well everybody's supposed to be afraid that isn't that's going to get me it i was told that or it, it appears that way we've allowed the devil to oppress us and keep us in bondage by fear all because of fear You might say to yourself, what's the connection, Brett? What's the connection between God's love for you and having no fear? Well, I'm going to show you. 1 John 4, 15 through 18 says this. Whoever, look at your neighbor and say, you're whoever. Now, remember when we started this, I said, choosy people choose Jesus. You know what that's from? Anybody? Commercial? That's right. Choosy mothers choose Jeff. I grew up with, my mom loves Jif peanut butter. You could make my mom chase you around this room if you had an unopened jar of Jif peanut butter. And all of my family said, yeah. yeah." I'm telling you, if we were just bored for entertainment, somebody just crack open a new peanut butter jar and go, hey. And she's like, give me here, come here. She wants to stick her finger in that. I would do, you know, this is an off, this is off the message, but I would, we'd get a new peanut butter jar and I'd take a toothpick and I'd write in there, beat you mom, you know, or I put, I put a little note with a little dip in there, not this time, you know, and she'd be, I got this new jar and I'd be like, okay, I dare you to, I'm going to get, she'd open that and go, ha ha, oh, 
We used to have a lot of fun with her on that. Okay, here's what the word says. Let's get back to what God's telling us. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is what? Love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So God is what? Love, all right? And in love there is no fear. Not an ounce, zero, zippo, zilch. There is no fear. What's more is love which leaves no room for fear. If we would fill ourselves with God's love and that would dwell in us, there should not be fear in us. Now, before you judge yourself or before you feel condemned, like, I can't help it, that just scares me. I get it, we are human. But I'm going to show you in this that we can be bigger than who you are because it's not who you are, it's whose you are. And if we could rest, help me somebody on whose we are and whose love that dwells in us, then we can find out that we don't have to be afraid. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen to what I'm about to say. For fear to enter the heart of the believer, now I want you to listen to me, it has to come from the outside. Think about what I just said. For fear to enter the heart of the believer, it has to come from the outside. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So it's pretty evident then that the enemy is throwing something at you. We live in a fear-infested world. I just talked to somebody not long ago that said they, they loved scary movies. And then they complained because it gave them nightmares. That's like eating 25 Twinkies a day and saying, don't get me fat. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make sense. Don't, don't, because it will instill those kind of things into because they were not made after following God's plan. So we have to look at the stuff that we adhere to or that we bond with or that we allow. All right. That's why knowing and believing the love of God comes in and play for us. Just moments before Jesus went to the cross. I mean, this is before he's, he's going to die for us. He prayed specifically for us. Look at John 17, 20 through 23 and verse 26. This is Jesus now. This is the man. This is a, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them and they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me and they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. Verse 26 says this, I've declared to them your name and will declare it that the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. The reason Jesus gave up his place in glory and came to earth to took on limitations as a human, as a man, uh, and went to the cross, suffered and died, so he could do this, listen to this transaction, so he could, that the love wherewith you, God, loved me, Jesus, may be in them, us. That's, he made that transaction so this could happen. So, you know, when we think of the cross, we think he died for our sins. Exactly he did, yes. 
But he also made this transaction so that the love of God that's in him and the Father and him are one, that same love would be in us because we'd see it in him, except him in us, and now we have the love of him and the Father in us. So we do not have to be afraid. He loves us, God loves us with the same love, listen, that he loved Jesus. And if he loves you to that degree... He'll certainly protect you to that degree. But we have to believe it. We have to believe in his love. You knew the love of God. If you got born again, you felt God's love. You knew it from that moment. Something's different. It felt like a ton of bricks is knocked off me or whatever the case is. That love, it's that love that recreated you, that Creates that new, you know, uh, that new spirit, that new, I'm alive. The old things have passed away. All things become new. It's that love that came in. That what you thought, I'm never good enough. That's fear. Think about that. And love comes in and now you realize I can do all things through Christ. That's love. It was love that sheltered us from the power of darkness and or Yes, and delivered us from that into this kingdom. Translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of God's love and light. This literally translates the son of his love in Colossians 1.13. So how do we know that love? Well, Brett, if God loves me, I wouldn't say he goes as far as, he doesn't love me as much as he loves Jesus. You see, that's hard for us to swallow. But if we don't do that, we're not walking really in faith to the capacity we need to be. Because according to the word, he does. According to the word, is the word wrong? No. So he does. So we just have to get our mind, we have to wrap it around. Are some things are, are, are almost too big for us, aren't they? They're almost like, I can't even hardly picture that. I'm going to help us. Well, because he's helping me, so... I don't want to walk in the flesh. I want to walk by faith. I want to believe God. If you love me that much, okay, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe that. And if you don't believe that, I'm telling you, that's the enemy telling you he doesn't. Brett, I don't feel God's presence all the time. I don't feel God's love all the time. Those are the times, whether you feel it or not, to know that he's already there, according to the word. I'm just telling people this week, this is really not about feelings. I mean, feelings are awesome. It's good to get goosebumps. Every time I see Kim, I still get goosebumps. If I get to smooch her, I get real goosebumps. That's almost 32 years later. That's good. But you have to also go by facts. Why, why does that happen? Because she's my woman, that's why. That's the fact. I got a paper that states that. <laughs> You might say, well, Brett, I just, I haven't been with God. I mean, I'm just, I've ran my life and this, da, 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 and I'm dry. I'm just dry. I need, I need, I need. That doesn't change anything. You cannot operate everything on your feelings because your feelings, they can be fickle. There's, I mean, I love this woman, but we've had some humdingers of fights. You can't always go by feelings. We have to go by facts and by commitment and by covenant. The word says this, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. He doesn't change. So because the word says that, God doesn't fall out of love with you. He never does that. 
He stays consistent with you. He loves you the way he loves Jesus. He sent Jesus to die for you. That's his love. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, what's that say? Was God. So we have to believe the Word. The Word is God, and God is love, so the Word is love. I'm going to get up every day determined that I'm going to let the Word, love, and God run my life. Sometimes you have to tell your body what to feel, don't you? I just put a new thing on my phone every day, a new declaration that I found, and it's about righteousness. And so I've been saying it every day now for the last several days. And I love it because it just it's saying, God, I'm awake to your righteousness. I'm gonna I'm gonna do your will today. I'm leaning on you and I thank you. You know, it just has all these declarations in it. I don't even have it all memorized yet, but I will, because I'll be saying it every day. But one of those great things is just understanding, God, my body doesn't always want to do what it should do. And, I, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm certainly not that. I'm learning, though, that I have to tell my body sometimes, you know, after eight pieces of pie, maybe you should not eat eight pieces. I don't eat eight pieces of pie, seven and a half, but I don't eat eight. But you might have to tell, you know, sometimes you ever have to tell your body, I don't want to go to work. You're going to have to tell your body, you will go to work. You know, it's just you're going to have to do it. You know, those kind of things until you, you got to sometimes, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So we got to tell ourselves and we got to make ourselves. It's not about our feelings. So the word is love. My circumstances aren't going to determine how I'm going to respond. I'm going to let God, I want your word to determine how I should respond, whether I like it or not. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that a great verse? We know that one. It's nice to read it in the word so that we know that's true. Here comes our second point for this morning. You ever tell this to your kids? Do what you're told. Do what you're told. I remember my mom telling me, I want you just to do what you're told. But I don't like what you're telling me, mama. (laughs) You do it anyway. But why? Because, yes, dear Jesus She would tell me those. Keep his commandments. Just do what you're told. You know, perspective is an amazing thing. There's people that will look at, you know, well, my parent says I can't do this. My parent says I can't hang out with them. They say I can't. Instead of looking at what they're saying you can't do, maybe you can look at what they're saying you can do, or there's a reason they're protecting you from that. But you see, we don't look at that because, again, we want to run by the enemy with our flesh. And we're afraid if we don't, now listen, if we don't do what the crowd is doing, fear will get us teased, bullied, made fun of, whatever. But if we would listen and look and look at the word and do love, we'll find out that those people are actually probably looking for someone just like you that will stand up and do what's right. Now, in a couple days, you're going to go vote. I'm going to ask you, I don't want you to vote in fear. I want you to look at their platforms. I want you to look at who's running and what they stand for. And I want you to vote Bible. Vote the way God would want you to vote. Doesn't matter. Well, my friends are voting this way. If it doesn't line up with the word, now I'm not saying the candidates line up with the word. Because we know that ain't happening. 
But I'm saying, look at the platforms they have to stand on. The right things that you need to stand for. Vote that way. Don't be afraid. John 2, 4 and 5 says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. If you keep God's word, you allow the love of God to run its full course in your life. If we just start doing what we're told. And I got to say, I've not always in my whole life have done what I was told. But I'm learning. I thank God for his grace and his mercy. If you reach the place of allowing God to do what he's designed himself to do on the inside of you. You're going to find victory in a lot of areas. You're going to find like this, is, this isn't as hard as I made because I'm letting God overtake me in this area. That's what he had in mind when he created Adam. That's what he was in Jesus. And, it, and that's what he wants to be in you. That baffles me because when we read, we, look at, we read the book as a history book. And it is. But we read it as, well, that was just God and Adam. That was just God and Christ. But if the book is forever current then it's God in you. You know, we've, we've talked about uh, in the past, you've heard about great revivals and different things and people, you know, the Billy Grahams and all of that kind of thing, and we are thankful for those. Look at back in the apostles and we're, wow, man, could you imagine what it would have been like to have been Paul or Peter? It would have been very cool, but it had been very hard. I mean, the only one that survived out of the apostles was John. Pretty much. Is that true? Yes, Brett, that's true. Good. Thank you. But what I'm saying is the life, was, uh, it was tough. It was tough sometimes. And, and, and so it's easy for us to go, well, you know, that was back then. That doesn't apply today. Yeah, it does. It still applies today. I have people will say stuff like this. I, I just don't feel I'm good enough. Have you ever heard that? Because that's condemnation. And the, the word says there's no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. But here's what you know we could say. And, and some people, you've heard this term, fake it till you make it. And people, I, I will not be a hypocrite. I will not fake it till I make it. Can I say that God looks at your heart? And if your heart is saying, I want to do right. I want to be right. I want to act right. And you are just, you know, you're hurting, but you are still in the game. And so in quote, quote, you are faking it. What's wrong with that? Because you're really inside. That's what you want to do. Because sooner or later, you know what happens? You'll be that. Is that not faith? We speak the end result before we see it. Listen, I'm trying to help somebody today. You need to, you know, sometimes, well, I, I can't be like sister so-and-so. Get your eyes off sister so-and-so. I can't be like brother so-and-so. Get your eyes off him. Let them help guide you if, if they want to be a, a, a mentor or something, depending if that's what the Lord wants. But get your eyes on Christ, and you can be who Christ wants you to be. And if you'll start walking in that, well, I don't know how to walk that way. Well, then start asking God, God, this isn't easy for me. Okay, but that's why he's there. The key to being perfected in his love is just keeping his word. It's tied to his commandments. First John 3.23 says, And in this, his, God's commandments, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, 
and to love one another as he gave us this commandment. So this, re- this verse refers to the commandment Jesus gave his disciples in John, t- John 13, 34. It says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you and you also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Love one another as I have loved you. This is what he's saying. Jesus, that's a tough bill. I don't know if I can do that. And sometimes in ourselves, it's hard for us to do that because there's people that aren't very lovely. Have you ever seen a movie where the bad guy is just evil? Only me. There, thank you, Brother Jeff. Where you're just like, all you want to do is, I don't want to leave because I want to see that guy get it. Because he's just snot. And we just need to see somebody take care of him. Okay, so some people are unlovely. Some people are hard to love. Some, you know, and so we're, we're saying to God, or maybe you've been hurt or, or betrayed or whatever. And so you're saying, God, I don't know how I can do that kind of love. Because physically and mentally, I can't seem to get there. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. We need that anointing. That's why 1 John 3, 23 precedes the commandment of love. With, and this is his commandment that we should believe. Now listen, we read it on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us a commandment. That right there is a game changer. And let me tell you why. Because it takes love out of the emotional realm, out of the physical, what you, you're capable of, what you can see and feel and hear and all of that, your sense realm, and it puts it in the spiritual realm. It's past you. Now you're going to say, God, I'm relying on Jesus Christ to be able to do the love you've called me to do because I physically right now, I can't see myself doing it, but I can see myself loving you and through you loving that. Doesn't mean I have to love the situation. Doesn't mean I have to love what happened. Doesn't mean I have to love any of that garbage. But it does mean I got to love. And I got to love him. And I got to get my heart in a place where I can continue in love the way God wants me to love. It's going to take believing on the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to love one another in the way that he did. It's going to take your faith. You're going to have to do it by faith in some situations. From these two passages, we're talking about the commandment from Jesus. He commanded us to love. Now listen, if Jesus told you to love, he wouldn't tell you to do something if he didn't equip you to do it. If Kim and I are finding out anything as we're walking this walk of faith, pastoring this church, we're saying we need this or we need this. And so many times, and she can tell you just like me, we find out it's, we're, it's already here. It's It's here. We just have to pull that out. How many knows, you know, you get a diamond out of that coal? You got to break some stuff away, you know, and then inside some of that stuff, there's like, oh, some of you have passion. Some of you have stuff that you just, I want to do that. And some of you may, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I want to do something. Well, as you follow God, little by little, that stuff, that coal gets chipped away and that diamond's right there. I'm telling you what TLC needs is sitting in front of me people with passions and giftings and talents it's sitting right there and we we extract take those out (laughs) you know i preached a message one time you know those they're peeny bushes peeny 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 that sounds funny just to say that (laughs) a little peeny bushes (laughs) But do you know they all have those ants on them? You know what the ants are for? 
Are you ready? The ants chew the stuff around so the flower opens. Shut the front door. You can't have the pretty flowers from the bushes without those ants chewing that stuff away. That's almost like the pearl and the oyster. It's the sand and the irritation over time that finally somebody goes, okay, look. See, some of the garbage you guys have been through, and I'm not saying that's good. What I'm saying is God will take it and use it for good. Because you have a pearl, you have a diamond. And he loves you and he wants to say, show that to the body. Jesus loved us even past humanly. Uh, he, he loved us with, and here's the Greek word for it, was agape. And it's hard to, you know, people don't, oh, well, I agape you. I love you with an agape. We'd almost be like, and you need help. <laughs> because that just doesn't sound right. But it, it actually, it literally means, uh, it's, it was uncommon, but it just means um, way past. Uh, and I put it in here, I'm trying to find out where I wrote it. Um, in the English translators, translated love as charity, which is closer to the true meaning because charity is more, than, so is more than just love. So agape was past just your normal love. It was a giving love. It was a love that's just like, I'm going to exceed just what you think is normal. And I'm going to, it's like somebody that just says, here, take this. No, uh, matter of fact, just take this too. No, I don't want to. No, no, you can have it. I just love you. I want you to be taken care of it, or, or, or those kind of things where it's just way above. That's amazing. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. That's the definition of the love chapter of Corinthians is that agape love. Charity is actually a love that has a driving desire to give. So agape used by Jesus is more than just loving. It's loving that you're willing to give yourself. Here's our third point. Just love. Just love. Be all in. John 21, 15 through 17, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter answered three times before he got it right because he was trying to figure out, what are you trying to say to me? He wasn't understanding the, the deepness of, of the question. Some say Jesus asked Peter three times because Peter denied him three times. And so he was asking him three times, I, you know, and I, I don't know that that sounds like, OK, I, I guess I could see that. But Jesus is trying to say, Peter, this is this is a love that's bigger than you're seeing. It's bigger than your understanding. And I want you to understand it. Now, check it out. Remember, in the beginning of this, if if I'm in him and he's in me, he wants to get that love to all of us. And that's why Jesus came. Agape is the key to the command to love. It's a key to, to loving as Jesus loved. To, to get the love of God, the agape kind, Jesus entered into a blood covenant with God. The sacrifice of his own blood, Jesus said, I love them. God so loved the world that he gave. And again, remember what we've talked about. So we are seeing this lived out. It's an act of the will. Sometimes it's hard to love and you have to make yourself. Does that make sense? Where inside you might be having that battle, but God is doing something bigger. God will love you all the way because his covenant has been made. And you can receive that love. 
he just said, this is basically, God just said, he's just commanding, I want you to love. And that's how they'll know you, by your love. That's how they'll know me, and that I am in you, because you love. Jesus used his will to love. Now listen to me, and we have to use our will to receive. We're going to have to receive this love by faith that goes past our human expectation. Past, and, and you might be saying, Brett, I'm telling you, you are knocking on my wall right now. I'm hoping I can tear some of the wall down. That you can let the love of God come in you because you can't do it on your own. Some of us have tried to do it for years. And we can't. And the reason we can't is because it's bigger than who we are, but it's not bigger than whose we are. So we have to get him to scale the wall and break it down. Does that make sense? So you you got to... Now think about how the word always backs up each other. John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease. So what's that mean? That means in whatever that mountain is, I don't have to worry about it. God, I can declare, and God in me will do the mountain moving. So I will, in essence, I get bigger only because God in me is bigger. Because I have gotten smaller so he can get bigger. Boy, that sounds like it's funny, but I think you understand what I'm saying. God can just love unconditionally. And I want that ability. But I don't have it unless I use God. We have the blood of Jesus. We have his name. We have his spirit. God's spirit that dwells inside of us. So that love is in there. And that's what I want you to realize this morning. You can do this through Christ. However you've been wounded or however you've been hurt, God is going to let you not be afraid anymore. First John 2, 10 and 11 says, He who loves his brother abides in the light. There's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So this is our last point this morning. Judge yourself. Pure and simple. If you hate, hate is strife. You see, but our idea of hate is a surge of emotion or rage. Probably before we decide to do something, go off, blow our top, lose our stack, whatever. Because we're just angry. See, Adam was changed from life to death and his faith turned into fear and the love of God inside him turned into hate because he now connected to the enemy. There are different degrees of hate. I'm not here to really go through all of that, but hate is still hate. Any bit of, of hate that you won't forgive is still unforgiveness. And it can be dangerous because that can pollute, spread in your system you're going to have to say, Lord, I need to love the way you loved. Sometimes if, we, if we're afraid and we live our life in fear, it can age us. Have you ever met somebody from your class? How many of you have any class reunions? And sometimes you see some people and they, they, they seem to maintain, their, wow, you, you look kind of the same. And then there's other people you're like, wow, 
like, you know, they just look like they're 15, 20 years older than what they are. And I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I mean, do anybody know what I'm saying? Sometimes they've just lived a rough life and maybe it was, but I'm telling you what drives people to drugs and alcohol and, and not a godly lifestyle. I'm telling you, fear is a big component there and a, a fear of not fitting in or fear of the consequences or, or whatever the case is. We'll find fear in there somewhere. And it, it ages people. It, it, it wears them down. But the people that are walking in love, you know what happens is their cares are now cast off of them onto Christ. And that is lifted. They don't have all of the quote, quote, worry wrinkles because they're not meditating on all that stuff. They are, they're believing God for that love to take care of them, for him to be bigger inside of them, for them not to be afraid when they get up in the morning. I'm telling you, I'm looking at people that need to let the enemy know you better not uh, you better be afraid of when I get up. So when when you get up, let the enemy start going, oh, no, oh, no, Rick Gatrell's awake. And he can say, you got that right, and I'm going to make me some beef jerky. And you ain't having none. Yeah. So what I'm saying is get, get inside yourself and start saying, Lord, you get bigger in me. I'm tired of being afraid. That's why I really believe that God was on David, and David looked at Goliath and said, let's do this. And start just going at him. And here's this boy running after a 10-foot man with a, just a slingshot. Why? Because God in him is bigger than the fear that was trying to get in him. What are you letting fear shrink you down to? Are you tired of being afraid? Then start, start looking at yourself and saying, okay, here's where I've let fear in. I'm going to judge myself. I'm not going to judge anybody else. I'm going to say, you know, no matter what has happened, no matter what has happened, You've got to start looking and say, I've got to give this to God. And in him, I move and have my being. It's greater is he that's in me. And God, I'm tired of running in fear. The enemy's got you if he's got you running in fear. It has to come in from the outside. God did not give you a spirit of fear. And if you stand up and say, I am going to do it God's way. This would be one for... They have... There's a market for women on, on makeup. They've got age-defying lotion, age-defying wrinkle remover, you know, whatever. I mean, if you ever watch commercials, like eight out of the ten commercials are something to do with hair or makeup, it seems like, and then the other two are food. <laughs> they don't have anything to do with women, but I'm just saying... Because girls are very much, and, and some guys are too, but you know, they, 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 they want to keep their appearance a certain way. They like that and all of that and, that. and that's wonderful. But I'm just saying, I think as we walk with God, we could start saying, you know what? I think God, if he can stop sandals and clothes from wearing out for 40 years, I think he can, he can slow the process so we don't look like we've aged 5 million years when we really haven't. Okay, I'm off that subject now. 1 John 2.11 says strife will throw you out in the dark. That's what we, we talked about. What's out in the dark? Fear. Fear is out in the dark. The moment fear presents itself to you in any shape, form, realize you don't have a fear problem. Your problem is saying, I need more love. Because that will cast out that fear. I need to get closer to God. God, I love you. Show me where I can speak to that mountain. You tell me what to say. Lord, that has no, no place in my life. Well, Brett, maybe I... 
I said some things I shouldn't have said. I did some things I shouldn't have did. And I'm holding on to something somebody said or did or whatever the case is. You get before God and say, Lord, help me to be a loving instrument. Help me to. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm not telling you to, to, to be a doormat. What I'm telling you is you want to go forward by the power and the grace of God. Commit yourself to the love walk of God. If you do that, the love of God will be perfected in you. You'll find yourself at peace. You'll find yourself able to cast your care. You'll find your faith will rise. You'll be able to do more things. More things will happen for you because you have got greater faith because you've believed for whatever that mountain is and you're watching it be removed. It's great to be in love with Jesus because the love never fades. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. It casts out all fear. It's the love that never fails. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? This morning, it's, it's pretty simple. 